This is the Justice Fighter Podcast. Justice Fighter Podcast. With Attorney Gerald Griggs. Attorney G. Where we have conversations on social justice, civil rights, and political news that affects us all. Let Attorney Griggs put you on game. Only on the Justice Fighter Podcast, y'all. What's going on, y'all? It's Attorney Gerald Griggs, a Justice Fighter, here on Justice Fighter Podcast on the Justice Media Network. And y'all know I always say this, but I am super excited about this next interview um, because this powerful brother here is doing some phenomenal work in the Georgia State Capitol. Um, he's an awesome advocate for the people, and he's also a frat brother. So, I mean, he just covers all of his bases, but I want to introduce to everybody Representative Jackson. Um, is a name that you need to remember because he's always trying to inform the people about what's going on down uh, at the Gold Dome. So I just want to, um, you know, thoroughly introduce him the right way. This is uh, Representative Jackson. <laughs> Representative Jackson, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, brother. So um, you were live a little bit early on Facebook and you were kind of breaking down um, what's going on here in the state of Georgia. And, and for those that don't know um, or may have been under a rock, the governor has started to reopen um, the state. And so you were given some background information about why we all feel that this was a mistake. So I want to give you the floor and let you just start from there. Well, first of all, I appreciate being on your show, uh, man. I appreciate all the work that you're doing as well, speaking truth to power. Um, but for those who do not know me, uh, I am Derek Jackson, and uh, I represent District 64. And uh, so just to reset, as, as, as my good friend, uh, Attorney Griggs, has mentioned, if you think about the timeline, and I'm just talking about the state of Georgia, that we started to really engage the coronavirus, it was late March. And so just like all the other states, uh, <clears throat> you know, we started late, right? I mean, I recall back in December of 2019 about China dealing with the coronavirus, but be that what it may. Um, and so in the state of Georgia, uh, we started tackling the coronavirus uh, late March, March 30th, beginning uh, April time frame. And so the governor rolled out a series of executive orders. And um, and so here we are now. We have yet to see if any of those executive orders, um, and, and, and some of them were mildly enforced. What I mean by that is we don't even have the resources to, to monitor all the guidelines that the governor put forth. So like shelter in place or stay at home, you know, we still had a lot of citizens, um, you know, leaving their homes, not wearing masks and things of that nature. And so as of recent as yesterday, the governor announced, and unbeknownst to all of his staff, did not know he was going to roll this out, but he decided to open up Georgia this coming Friday to hair salons, beauty salons, gyms, bowling alleys, etc. And if you look at the map, those are predominantly uh, in black and brown communities. And that is um, appalling because all the major corporations are not opening their doors. 
the Fortune 500 companies not opening up their doors. And so if the, the major corporations not opening up their doors, but yet we're opening up um, Georgia to a very small population of folks, you have to ask yourself the question, why? And so I just laid out, as Attorney Griggs mentioned, if you're going to do this, if the governor needs to think that he needs to do this, first he needs to come within accordance with the White House guidelines. But more importantly, I think there's three necessary things that need to be in place. And not just for Georgia, but for, for anywhere in the, in, the, in the nation. You have to have contact tracing. Why is that important? Because for those who are infected, we need to be able to retrace, basically do the forensic where they were, so that way we can inform other citizens that possibly they need to go get tested because they were in the same place at the same time of someone that has been identified as with the coronavirus. And before, and we, before, before we go yeah. on, because you said something that was real important, and I, I want people to, to hear that again. Did you say that the governor rolled out this plan to reopen Georgia without consulting his staff? Yes, that is that is exactly right. Wow. So some of his staff, main key staffers, and his and the uh, committee, um, his task force that's dealing with the coronavirus, did not know the governor was going to roll this out to open up Georgia for business. That's correct. Wow. Okay, go on. You said it was two other two other items that they need to need to do before they open up. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that, that one's no, 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 that's, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you gave me the opportunity to highlight that because the, the other piece, and I think, uh, we really need to look at any person of leadership capacity to do more listening than speaking. And the reason why I suggest that is because you surround yourself with subject matter experts. And so let's say, for example, I'm not a lawyer, but you are. And you give me some advice on some uh, uh, legislation to consider, then I should at least, at a minimum, listen to your point of view because you have a legal mind. You're trained to think in a legal way. And so someone, as much as experience I may have, I'm not a lawyer, so I... I would like to think that any leader should consult their committee of folks that they got together in their task force. And that has not been the case. In the last 24 hours, we discovered that um, the governor wrote this out and not everyone um, on his team knew that he was going to open up um, Georgia for business. Wow. But number two is the testing kit. We've also discovered in the last 72 hours, Attorney Greg, that not all testing kits are created equal because the coronavirus, because it's a virus that has a different kind of strain, and if you misdiagnose this particular individual with a test kit that is not capable of looking at the coronavirus, you just misdiagnose that citizen. And and that misdiagnose could very well be fatal. And we don't have the process in place to deal with the kind of capacity 
that we're seeing. I mean, look at the number of cases in the United States. And more importantly, look at the number of cases in Georgia. And so if we don't have the testing kit available to manage a process with the kind of capacity that we need based on the number of cases, and I'm not even talking about the number of deaths, I'm talking about the number of bona fide, verified cases, then that is also setting up our citizens and quite frankly, I refer to that as uh, malpractice. We all, you know, for those of us who are elected officials, we took an oath to keep our citizens safe. And so I just think it would be a malpractice for us to not have the right kind of um, resources available to be able to do the things that we need in this pandemic. And then last but not least is PPE. And as you alluded to in the opening of your show, the PPE is essential for our doctors, our nurses, our law enforcement, firefighters, even the cashier at the grocery store. And simply putting on a bandana, right, is a placebo. This virus, it has the ability to penetrate certain claws. And it can live on certain cloths. And so if you don't have the right kind of mask, and the right kind of mask is the N95 mask, which there's a huge demand. I mean, we're in battle with all the other states who are looking for the same kind of mask. And so I understand that a lot of folks are manufacturing masks with different kinds of cloths and making them look, you know, nice and fancy and decorative. But if it's not designed to save your life, it's simply a placebo. Wow. And so that's why I'm appreciative of you and other elected officials who are now speaking truth to power, um, because, you know, many of us have been saying this for weeks, um, that there's something amiss going on with the governor uh, and his plans. Um, but to hear it plainly put that way for some things that I knew and some things that I did not know. Um, I'm appreciative of you, brother, for, um, you know, having the courage and the gumption to speak directly to the people um, because the people need to know what's happening in the people's house. Um, so, you know, kind of following up on that line, um, you know, we've been getting the numbers from the Department of Public Health. And, and are those the same numbers that the governor is relying on to say we're ready to open for business? Yeah, those are the same numbers. And so the Georgia Department of Health um, are providing both the governor and the legislative branch the same data. And that's why we're, at least I am, and a lot of my colleagues are bewildered that if the governor is looking at the same data, and that's what we're told, that the Georgia Department of Health is giving the governor the same data that we're looking at, and we're still seeing an uptick. Mm. And so... If we see an increase in death and in, in, in number of cases, and he's opening up Georgia, and so that's why we're just, um, in the last 24 hours, we've been issuing uh, official letters. We've been calling, and I, I would love to uh, ask your audience to call the governor's office as well, 404-656-1776. And tell the governor that this is the wrong move. He's rolling the dice on on Georgian lives, and and at what cost? 
this is a wrong move to prematurely open Georgia. If you look at the same data set, the same data set that that you post on, on a daily basis, we clearly see that we have yet to reach the apex. So um, I've seen his task force, many, many, many members of them go public today and yesterday saying that they were not consulted. And now we know members of his senior staff were not consulted. Do you know of any of the um, senior lawmakers that were consulted? Um, I saw that Jeff Duncan was with him, the lieutenant governor and uh, Speaker of the House Ralston. Um, but outside of those two, uh, was anybody else consulted with the fact that he was going to reopen um, some jobs on uh, Friday and then a majority of the, 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 the state on Monday? Right. So based on what, what, what we're talking about are the only ones that we've been informed, uh, Lieutenant Governor and the Speaker, and, and we thought maybe his, his staff and all the task force, but we later learned that they did not know. Uh, and, and here's, here's the other sad part to this. We, as the legislative branch, we're not open. I know. So that should, that should tell the 10.8 million Georgians in this particular case, if, if we're not open for business in terms of, but we still are, we still have suspended our legislative session. So if we're not open for business, if the governor's mansion is not open for tours, then this is one of those cases where the leader says something but doing something contrary to what they're saying. Yeah. And so um, what would be your advice for the people? Because I know I'm getting calls and I'm getting DMs about, you know, what's legal and what's not legal. And I would I would in interject in there that the judicial branch is pretty much closed uh, because we are in a judicial status of emergency until May the 13th. So there are only essential hearings, which are mainly uh, criminal first appearances and bond hearings and some um, emergency uh, domestic relations hearings, but that's about it. So if the legislative branch and the judicial branch are pretty much closed for business and the governor is consulting with basically two other people. What is your advice for the people um, who are now being placed in harm's way? That's a great question. I would suggest these three things because I do not want any of your audience or my constituents or any citizen. I don't, don't do as they did the other day in Pennsylvania. Don't show up with no signs and nothing like that. I, Stay at home. I, I want to be absolutely clear, Attorney Griggs. Stay at home. But what you can do is, number one, call the governor's office. I'm talking about if it's busy, leave a message and keep calling and keep calling and ask your neighbors, your friends, your family members. Keep calling 404-656-1776. That's one. Number two, email all of us. I'm talking about is 236 of us, 180 in the House, 56 in the Senate, and the, and, and the governor, too. Email us. Every time you have a thought, email us. That's all public knowledge. You can go right on house.ga.gov and senate.ga.gov. And, of course, the, um, uh, the governor's uh, website, 
and just email us. That's the second thing you can do. And, and you, you don't have to write no dissertation, no long sentences. Just say you're opening Georgia prematurely. You do not agree. Period. End the story. And then the third and the most important thing is this. As I shared with my constituents today, when you vote, absentee ballot or in person, what have you, there are term limits. And that term limit is we can make this president a one term. It's been done before. And we can make this governor a one term. All you got to do is vote. You got to exercise your right because in the grand scheme of things, that's what this is all about. I really do believe if you're not alive, you can't vote. And so I'm just going to know that 2018, what took place in 2018 here in Georgia, this is a different kind of approach here. Definitely. And and I'm just going to add one more thing. I I agree 100% with with everything you said, but I'm going to add one more thing. We're not going to do like the individuals in Pennsylvania or Michigan who got up maybe 20 or 30 people and went down to the state capitol. Because when, when I go to state capitol, I don't go with 20 or 30 people. Um, I usually go with thousands. Um, but we can do it a little bit more profound digitally. So in it, also in calling and emailing, the governor has several social media sites um, that you can tag and that you can post and that you can interact with. I would suggest you interact with his social media sites as well because we know he monitors those. Um, And I would also tell you to go to his website, which is gov.georgia.gov, and email him directly. Um, Because if, if he wants to come on television and on live stream and dictate to Georgians to either put their families in harm's way or lose their jobs, we got a real problem with that, especially when you're not relying on the data. So, you know, that's just coming from me. That's coming from Attorney Griggs. It's not coming from anybody else. Um, I would say digitally make him understand that there are 10.8 million reasons that this state is not ready to open. Um, so, uh, Derek, is there anything else that the people need to know? Um, I know that live was it was impactful. It, it had a lot of information. I want to make sure that we we move that on multiple platforms so many people can hear. It. Is there anything else that you want the people to know um, that we can get out on the Justice Fighter podcast? Yeah, and again, I really appreciate you using all the platforms that you have available to get this word out. Uh, folks can follow me that both um, the number four underscore Jackson, or you can find me on, on Facebook, um, that's Derek, that's D-E-R-R-I-C-K, Jackson. But more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, this is about lies, right? This is not about Republican, Democrat, Independent. This is about lies. We have loved ones that's leaving this world alone. We have protocol in place right now because of this pandemic where you can't even go to their funeral. We closed schools and churches. So that shows you the gravity of this. And so if you do not find that this is enough for you to act 
and do the things that Attorney Griggs has always been advocating and championing for for many, many years and what we're talking about right now, then I don't know what will. Your life is at stake. And no governor and no president should be willing to die to find out if your life is valuable or not and at what cost. And this is when they completely are not even abiding by their own guidelines, right? They're not abiding by their own guidelines and they're willing to roll the die with your life in the ballot. And so we got to do it and exercise our right, our first, first amendment right. We got to vote. We got to be on these, these media platforms as attorney Griggs just mentioned and let our voice be heard. Cause if you don't do it now, then when would you do it? This is very important to me. And that's the reason why, you know, I'm going to continue to, um, lend my voice to this conversation. And it's always great to be, uh, in partnership with attorney Griggs and others who are getting this word out because, uh, when your loved one transitions from this world, the only thing we have left are those memories. And no one should die because of the mere fact that someone is willing to roll the die and open up clearly when we're not ready. Atlanta is a global hub. And that's my final point. The Atlanta is a global hub. Just through the Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson Airport, we have over 114 million visitors that come through our airport. Just our airport. It's the world's busiest airport. We are a global hub. And so as long as other countries are still having this pandemic that they're battling, we are always at risk. And the last thing we need is to be dealing with um, the, the side of someone thinking that we're open for business and leaving our defenses down and leaving our citizens in harm's way. We're not at war. This is a pandemic. It's a national health crisis, and we need to treat it as such. Well, I thank you for telling the people that and putting it in such eloquent terms. And what I would just leave everybody with is this. We've marched for less. We've protested for less. This is the defining moment of our generation in this state. And I know a lot of people are saying that this is partisan. This has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. This has to do with saving lives. People are having funerals digitally. They are running out of bed space in the hospitals. And this virus is still ravaging Georgia. And so we are lending our voices to give you the information. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe Representative Jackson. You can go look at the data for yourself. He just said that the same data that the governor's looking at is on the Department of Public Health's website, dph.georgia.gov website. You can look at it right now. And at 7 o'clock, it'll be a new batch, and it'll go up again. And there have been over 700 Georgians that have died, 3,400 hospitalized, 
and over is it eighteen thousand? Eighteen thousand cases. That's right. Of the seventy-eight thousand that they've tested, if those numbers don't make you say, "Wait, there's a problem," let let me let me put it in perspective. There have been four hundred thousand. 400,090 cases that the CDC has reported. There are more than 700, almost 800,000 that everybody else is reporting. Okay, that's cases in, 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 in America. If all of those cases were to pass, and they haven't yet, but if they were to pass, there'll be more people than, than what died in the Civil War. That's right. So we are that's talking right. in numbers the same way we would be talking about the Civil War. We don't, we don't shortchange that. In New York, there have been more people to die from this virus than died in September 11th. So when we talk about a global pandemic, we talk about a generational event, it's COVID-19. And so what are you going to do in this moment because 50 years from now or 100 years from now, when your grandkids or your great, great grandkids said, grandma, granddad, what did you do during the coronavirus? Because right now we're not talking about a regular flu outbreak. I've seen people on social media, oh, it's a regular flu outbreak. Nah, this, this thing is like the Spanish flu. And the Spanish flu lasted for two years. Atlanta was shut down for two months during the Spanish flu. Go back and Google it. And so I appreciate I'm glad you mentioned the Spanish flu. Yeah. Here's the reason why I'm glad you mentioned that 1918 Spanish flu. The first wave Mm -hmm. was mild in comparison to the second wave. Yeah. Mild. The first wave was mild in comparison. We're talking about over 25 million deaths from 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. Yeah. 25 million. The second wave that we're not even discussing in the United States right now, and we're certainly not even discussing it in Georgia. There's going to be a second wave. The epidemiologists, they're telling us, they're saying there's going to be a second wave and we're not even preparing for it. No, we're not. And so that's why I applaud you and and others who've had the courage to tell the people the truth. Because one thing I've learned about the people is if you inform them of the truth, they can prepare and, and they are resilient. The only reason that the curve even started to slightly, you know, flatten a little bit um, was that people were warning other people. Um, but what we're doing here in Georgia is extremely dangerous. And so I'm going to continue to have the platform open for you, my brother, anytime you want to come on any of my platforms to talk about whatever you want to get to the people. It's always open, and I appreciate you for for being open and honest. Tell the people how they can follow you one more time, and then we're going to close it out. Again, thank you for having me on. Again, continue to advocate uh, and champion the work that you've been doing. Um, 
is really making a difference. And folks can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Vote the number four underscore Jackson. And then on Facebook, it's Derek, D-E-R-R-I-C-K, Jackson. It's real easy. Uh, I represent District 64. And uh, I am one that responds to the DM. I'm, you know, just give me, you know, 24 hours. I will respond because our we're really trying to get the word out. So, uh, uh, again, Attorney Griggs, keep doing the work that you're doing. It's making a difference in our society and in our nation. And we just need to have more champions out there doing it. Well, I appreciate you. And let me correct the number. Um, as CNN is now reporting, it's 814,587 cases in the United States and 43,000 deaths. Um, so wow. just take that in, people. Um, we're almost almost to a million. We're 200,000 away from a million cases. Um, so, you know, let's let's be in this together. Let's join in the fight. Let's get this information out. Please share on all social platforms um this this podcast here on justice fighter podcast on the justice media network and i will see you at the next part this is the justice fighter podcast justice fighter podcast. with attorney gerald Griggs. Well, we have conversations on social justice civil rights and political news that affects us all let attorney Griggs put you on game only on the justice fighter podcast y'all